Welcome to In the Word with Darren Dusso, a show that is dedicated to bringing you sound biblical teaching from the Word of God to both educate and inspire you. Here is your host, Darren Dusso. Welcome to In the Word with Darren Dusso. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, Darren Dusso, and uh, we're going to continue uh, today with the the follow-up on last week's program as we started to get into the learning about the Bible. We did the overview. We're going to just finish up with that overview today. So there's a lot to get to today. I'm going to do a quick summary of of a few things that uh, I didn't get in last week's program. And then uh, I got to get to a lot more so that we can... uh, that we can start applying what we're learned already. So, uh, just want to thank everybody for joining me and, uh, I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. And it's just great to, uh, uh, be there. I hope you're sharing it, um, liking it. And one thing I would really like to, to ask you is, you know, even if, uh, you might not listen to this program for the entirety or, um, you you might know, or I already know all this, and uh, I'm not going to listen to this one. You know, if you share this, we don't we don't know who's going to be listening. But I do know that God's word going out, anytime God's word goes out, it accomplishes what it needs. And uh, you know, today's society, we're living in a hurting world, and and a lot of people will mask their their feelings and not let anybody know until it's too late and uh, we see that way too much so i would just appreciate it if we can all just share to all of our friends and uh, it doesn't matter what age you are when you're sharing it god works in mysterious mysterious ways and uh, it's it would be a blessing to know that uh, you know the word that got sent forth saved somebody from whatever um you know rather it be suicide or lifted somebody up or encouraged them when they really needed it. So we don't know who who really needs it because um, we can't see in the hearts of people. And everybody will put on a mask and, and fake it. So it's really important that, hey, share it as much as you can. And I thank you for uh, for doing that. And uh, uh, we want to start uh, with uh, a prayer, like I want to start all my programs. And so... Father, we just thank you so much that we can come together, take this time to learn more about what you want us to know. We learn to see you better, to hear you better, to be obedient, and it helps grow our faith. And you say in your word that it renews our mind. And uh, anytime that we get into your word, we have that renewing of the mind. And we just, we're so happy that we can just uh, have our minds renewed being in your word so father we thank you we ask that the holy spirit just bless bless us right now uh open our ears and open our eyes to see what you have to say we thank you we praise you in jesus name amen so i know that we covered a lot last week and uh i just want to to touch on a couple things and then we'll get right right into this week but last week we talked about the Bible as a whole and, and how many books it is and all of that. But what is what is in the in the scriptures? And uh, so I'll I'll just go down a quick list right now 
there's salvation in the word of God. There's life in the word of God. There's the divine nature. There's holy living. There's peace. There's joy. There's guidance. There's wisdom. There's faith. And that's just a short list. There's so much more um, that we can learn from being in his word. Uh, reading and studying. And I just want to refresh you that there's different ways to study scripture. And I just go over this list with you. I'm hoping you guys are paying attention and writing this stuff down. Um, it's very interesting when you, when you start doing these types of studies. Um, I'll just give you the list quick. We have what they call word studies. Uh, we talked about that last week. We talked about, uh, uh, a place studies. Um, where is it? I think I brought that question up. Where is it taking place? Um, but if you do place studies, it, that can go into a whole depth of, you know, knowing. I mean, some of these places uh, um, that the Bible mentions, they have a very important in, uh, information just by doing a study on the place itself. You have character studies. What kind of characters are in the Bible? Uh, you know, I was talking with my wife today, and uh, my conversation come up, and I, I was saying that, you know, there's songs out there that uh, she was letting me know that they're just so powerful and you know people are so hurt and i was like yeah i said well that's the same thing with scripture i mean we see the characters in scripture they were just like us today they had the same problems they had the same issues they have you know all of the same things so it makes the bible relatable so we can relate to what's going on how's that person feeling and we're talking you know some of these people were great men and women of god so character studies is a whole nother uh, you know when you really get into that um textual studies you've got topical studies now the topical studies so that would be like love uh faith salvation you know a, a certain topic and you want to see where all the scriptures talk about love where all the scriptures talk about um uh, uh, salvation or whatever the topic is, you can do a topical study. Then you got the book studies, like we talked about, reading the whole whole book, or and then we also talked about the chapters and just breaking it down a little bit more. But so, all of that said, you know why? Why do we do this? The Bible leads us to the knowledge of God in all the basic issues of life, and that's you know that's the the overall view of the Bible. That's what, that's what it does. All the issues of life. Well, one of the things that we're going to be looking at today is the purpose of the Old Testament was always pointing to Jesus Christ. Everything that's happened, all the details, and we're going to go into that when we actually break down and start studying, but everything points to Jesus Christ. So the Bible's main function is to bring us to Jesus. And it's just a, a beautiful story of how how we get there. So that kind of sums up what we were talking about last last week. This week, I wanted to bring the question up. Well, how do we know? And this is a question I've been asked, and maybe you've been asked too. Is well, how do we know the Bible is true? And it's not just some old wise you know book of wise tales, or it's an old book. And uh, when we ask questions, questions are one of the greatest tool that we have 
because if we don't ask questions, we stay dormant. We don't, we don't strive to find answers. And, you know, Jesus was asked, I, I believe like 330 questions, um, but he only answered three of them, which is a whole nother study. But the way Jesus did it was he let the people answer it themselves. A lot of the questions. So they already knew the answers to the questions. And, you know, we, we find uh, ourselves doing that today also. So as we have learned about studying, what I want to do is put some of those those questions that we, we asked ourselves, we all want to put them to to work today. And we'll have to break that down into the Old Testament, uh, which we'll do first, and then the New Testament will follow. Just because there, there's, there's, you'll see in, in a little bit, but there's two ways this Bible, how we, how we came up with the Bible and, uh, how we know that it's true. So the canon of scripture, how did that start? Well, we call the canon, it's all the books of the Bible. Um, how did that start? And really it started with God himself. I mean, God himself wrote on two tablets of stone with his finger. And we find this in uh, Exodus uh, 31, 18, where it says, you know, God wrote this with his finger. So we have this from from God himself. And as we read the story of Exodus, the people, all the Israel uh, Israelites, they wanted to hear from God because Moses was hearing from God. So they decided, well, they wanted to hear from God. So then uh, God said, okay, you know, meet all the people down here and I'll come down. Well, when God came down, because uh, God was meeting with Moses up in the mountain, but when God came down and to meet the people, they were so scared, they begged Moses, you talk to God. So we have eyewitnesses, <laughs> eyewitness account uh, of this happening. And it wasn't just one or two people. We're talking thousands of people. And they, they all said, no, Moses, you, you talk to God and tell, tell us what God said. But God, you know, Moses has, was, uh, led down and, uh, he had the two tablets of stone that were written on. And that's really the beginning, uh, where that began. So that's the Bible. And then, uh, we have God instructing Joshua after Moses. So, you know, God instructs people, write these things down, write the, you know, he says it to the prophets. Uh, the prophets were told to write these things down and then go and tell my people. It's very important that we, when we do read, we don't read too fast and we can really just grab those little nuggets that are in there because God always instructs people to do something. And then he says, go just like he wants to do with us today. He teaches us, and then he says, go. We see that in the New Testament with Jesus. He worked with his disciples and then said, go. And, you know, it's just an ongoing theme. So sometimes we're told to go not knowing. But most of the time we're instructed, and then we're taught, and then then we're told to go. So, as we, as we continue, God started, you know, Moses started writing all this stuff down. And uh, these writings kept going up until approximately the last writings that they have was around 435 BC. Now, there's other writings that we do have that are what I would call secular, that they're not in the, the canon of scripture. 
but they're also explaining that are pointing to the scriptures as being true. They back up the scriptures uh, in the historical uh, part of it. And uh, there's mentions of certain things that happened as as what the Bible says, so that we know that the Bible is is true. These books are more history, though, but they prove the canon of Scripture. The Corman community uh, left behind what they call the Dead Sea Scrolls. They were found in 1947 uh, to 56, and they found over 200 uh, biblical scrolls in 11 different caves, and they're dating back all the way to 200 B.C. to 100 A.D. Um, so we have we have those, um, and they had all the books, I believe, all the different scrolls of every book of the Bible except Esther. I think Esther was like one that they didn't have. So all the other ones were intact, and uh, we have that. Now, when we when we learn history, when we said we were doing the studies, when we learn the history, you will see throughout Scripture in the New Testament, we call what they, what they call the scribes in that time. So the scribes, and, and this is this is a really neat little point that when the scribes, and the reason they were called scribes is because they actually scripted, they they copied, okay, the original. And if you can imagine that when they, when they were copying the original copies, okay, they didn't have, everything was done by hand, very meticulous. If, if they forgot one dot or one tittle, the whole, the whole scroll at that time was thrown out. It was no good and it was burned. Um, they were so meticulous with God's word. They held it so high. They esteemed this so high that when they came to God's name, okay, Yahweh, they they would start with a new pen and new ink. They wouldn't even use the old pen because his name was so worthy uh, and he was worthy. So knowing those details, how pristine and how precious they kept the word of God and that was their job. And it was confirmed not with just one person doing it, but multiples doing it. And this is all they did for a certain portion of their life. I mean, this was their lot in life. This was their work. So knowing the history and those details, we know that the pristine condition that we got the word in. So that's pretty much the Old Testament. Um, the New Testament, let's look at that. The New Testament, we start out with the apostles. Now the apostles, a very nice fact is that, and, and this, I guess is, uh, I want to throw in here because the apostles, I say, they weren't made apostles until after the resurrection of Christ. Okay. So they were disciples of Jesus. So they just followed Jesus and they, you know, a follower of Jesus or a, a disciple because a lot of the Pharisees had disciples and they were training them, training them, training them. Um, but I want to throw this note in here. And this is a very interesting fact. As we look at even through the Old Testament to the New Testament, 
when we look at the whole canon, we notice all the books are written primarily occurs in connection with God's great acts in the redemptive, uh, redemptive history. So right now we have Jesus coming onto the scene. Now the the Bible is going to need to be written. You know, more of God's word is going to be be written. So anytime God moves mightily, something's written. So if you're trying to do it in a chronological order in in Scripture, Scripture is not in chronological order. That's why you can't just start reading a book from one point and go and know the other, you know, through, and you're you're going to be confused. So, but we can notice is that the books came out primarily after a great redemptive work was done. Um, the Exodus. Because, I mean, that, that was, you know, the whole Noah's flood, uh, or, or uh, uh, Noah's ark and, and the flood. You know, a great thing happened in, in, in it was recorded, uh, and it continued all throughout. That he sent the prophets to warn what was going to happen. Tell my people to turn back to me, and 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 I will heal their land. I mean, we see that theme throughout. I mean, God's always right there. He's always trying to protect us, but we're just most of us are just too dumb to see that, me included. And hopefully, uh, now that I see that, my eyes are opened. I won't have to to uh, learn as hard as lessons as as I have learned. Well, with that in mind, we have the coming of the Messiah, Jesus. And this is the greatest event in, in the history of redemption. Because now redemption actually takes place. So, now we need to write about it. So, he had his 12 disciples, one not being one of his. But then they, they you know, if you read the book of Acts, we they have another... That took his place. Uh, anyways, uh, so the New Testament consists of the writings of the apostles. Paul was an apostle. Um, and how we see this is Jesus, Jesus himself, he promised this empowering to his disciples. He says, he says this in John 14, 26. He says, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So we have the Holy Spirit working uh, after Jesus ascends, okay? The counselor, the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, comes and then then they their eyes are opened and they remember all that Jesus has said and did. And we can see that that theme, especially like, you know, uh, when we look at the first book of, the, or the book of Acts, the, the, the first few few uh, verses in there, it says, you know, uh, Luke is saying, Theopolis, this is all that Jesus didn't said. Um, you know, so we're just, we see that, that theme continually. I do want to say that, you know, when you're going through the New Testament, think of this, this knowing, knowing a little bit, you got James and Jude, they're half brothers of Jesus Christ. Okay. Think of that. They grew up with Jesus that, you know, at, Jesus was the older brother 
And they grew up with Jesus. They watched, they played ball, they, they, they hung out, they did things. But they probably always knew that Jesus was different. He didn't always do all the things that normal kids do. He was, you know, uh, as we see in the scriptures, he was, he was, uh, in talking with the, the Pharisees in the synagogue and he's hanging out in there. Uh, and he was left there after the feast of one passage says that his parents were halfway home and they had to turn around because they lost Jesus. And he, and Jesus says, you know, I have to be about my father's business. Why are you concerned? <laughs> so even at 12, um, Jesus was, was different. So James and, and Jude growing up, they're probably saying, you know, this, this kid, he's weird. I don't know what happened to him. Um, I can just, I can just assume this, uh, this is not in the scriptures, but I look at it this way of, this was pretty different. I mean, and then him claiming that, that he is, uh, he's the, he's the Messiah and he's, he's this and that. And then watching him, watching him, uh, as a family member, watching him get crucified. But all, it all changed because they knew something was different about him. They saw him do these miracles, but I don't know if they really truly believed until the resurrection. And now when Jesus is coming back to them and he's with them, he's with the disciples and he's with his family. After watching this, uh, yeah, I'd be convinced too. <laughs> and we see, we see some of that take place in the way it's written. James says that he's a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Doesn't say that he's the brother. No, he's the bondservant of the Messiah, meaning he serves the Messiah by choice. The word bondservant, by choice. Uh, I'm going to be a servant by my will, by my choice. So knowing that, we just, I just wanted to throw that out in, in, and uh, we'll just leave it there. All right, so the other things are... Uh, that's how that's how the New Testament really got written. Um, a lot of this was written, they say, between... A lot of history books really don't know when everything was written, but we do know that like a lot of the letters were written, and they were brought around from town to town, because they're even mentioned, you know, about this letter or that letter, or the epistles. So we do have, we do have the confirmation of that. We have the eyewitness accounts, and we know this. That God is faithful, and in his faithfulness, he has given us these books we call the Bible. So, we we have to believe in, and belief is, is our faith. We have to believe that what we are reading is true. And I, I, I have to say that the word of God is truth. And um, I've seen it change, not only myself, I've seen it change so many people. And it's all for the for the better. I mean, uh, when you can have somebody that has no hope. I mean, we talk a lot about hope. This Bible gives us that hope. In everything else, there's no hope. So if you try to put your hope in doctors, they're limited. And God is not limited. He's not limited to to any laws or he's unlimited. So I'm going to put my hope in the unlimited God. And uh, the Bible is, uh, as we say, it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, 
of joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's Hebrews 4.12. So even the Bible itself is a witness of itself on the truth of God. Those are, those are some uh, interesting facts. I hope that you are encouraged and have the understanding now of how beautiful this word was preserved over, over the course of time. And, you know, we can go into so many details. I could be here for hours just trying to explain, you know, through the Reformation, uh, knowing the history and stuff of how many people, when they tried to just take the Bible, which was, you know, originally I said was Greek and Hebrew and translate it. They translated it into Latin and then Latin into English. Uh, William Tyndale burned at the stake for making the, the Bible. You still have, uh, those Bibles available today, the uh, Tyndale publication, you have uh, William Tyndale. There's the whole story on that. So, I mean, if you're interested in that history, hey, search it out because uh, it's good It's good knowledge to know how many people suffered to bring us this word. The Jews, the Israelites, you know, we owe them not only bringing us the Jews, but they brought us the Messiah too. So um, we're told to pray for pray for them. So hopefully you got a good understanding of, hey, how to study the Bible, uh, overview of the, of the scriptures. And I'm excited to really start diving into the, into the word. And that's going to be our next program. We're going to get into the word of God. Uh, hopefully I bring it to you in a way that, uh, easy to understand, fun, exciting. And, uh, I want to make it in depth, uh, to you so that you can, uh, you can take it. You can go deeper or, you're just going to have a good, solid foundation. And when we build our foundation on a, on, on the most solid foundation, that's Jesus Christ, the house, it might be shaken, but it ain't coming down when you got that, when you have that solid foundation. So that's where we're going to, that's where we're going to go. I will be uh, putting out a, a note, probably, you know, uh, or a post probably, uh, uh, in, in the near future here on what, our next study is going to be on. Maybe you want to read on it, but I don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet. So <laughs> I'm excited about the next program. So thank you for listening. Uh, In the Word was produced and edited by the Burns Media Group, LLC. For more info, go to the, uh, the bmgnetwork.com. Click on some of those other, other programs, listen to them. Um, there's some really good other programs out there. Another good program there is available on all of the podcast site is my good and dear friend and my my uh, professor, uh, Dr. Chris Romano. He's got a a uh, podcast also, uh, really going into the word, which I love. Um, and you'll learn a lot from from him, and I have, and and still am. So his podcast, the XRT's start to finish. Check that one out. That's really, uh, really good. So thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless you. I hope you've been encouraged. Thank you for listening to In the Word with Darren Dusso. Be sure to tune in each week for another inspiring and informative episode. In the Word was produced and edited in the BMG studio. For more info, go to the bmgnetwork.com.